Hey, dear Tyler, good morning. How are you doing? I hope you're good. I hope you're fine. I really hope you enjoyed your weekend. Right, so... Um, 30 days of September, April, June. Alright, so we're like second to the last day of the month. Right, and it's been... I really hope it's been awesome. Hope your weekend was great. Second to the last day of the month. And I really hope you've been able to achieve a lot. Um, we've had quite an eventful period here on Dear Tyler. I think this is the first month probably that we've been able to complete the whole Monday-Thursday um, combination. And it's been awesome. It's been tough, but then it's been awesome. And um, the reviews, you know, from the from the podcast, you know, from the series on forgiveness has been absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, I have, I still do have one request and I think that a lot of people really still need to listen to this and I'm counting on you to share it with your friends, right? Um, it's very simple to share, you know, just lead them to Dear Tyler and they could select um, any of the platforms available, you know, if you have Anchor, it makes it easy. Just search for Dear Tyler. All the episodes are there. If you've got Google Podcasts, if you've got Apple Podcasts, um, yeah, they're, they're basically there. So please share it with your friends, right? Like I said, if you go to deartyler.com, it gives you the options of the platforms that you could listen to it on. And then also it has um, its own, like you could listen to it from the um, page itself, the website itself. So um, please share it with people because I really believe that it's, it's going to help. It's going to help. So um, today is going to be the last episode that we have on the issue of forgiveness. And maybe subsequently we may still revisit um, the whole topic of forgiveness. I'm an avid believer that knowledge is progressive right so there are things that you would learn every day not necessarily that the things will change but then you will gain more enlightenment on certain issues at certain times and it may um bring rise to the need to readdress certain things so i'm almost certain that would come back to the issue of forgiveness um and so today's theme is a very very personal theme especially for us Christians, um, believers, right? I titled it Shepherd's Pie. And then it's, it's called, I mean, it's in quote, forgiving church leaders. Now, the reason why I, I, I thought of the, you know, the caption, Shepherd's Pie, you know, the scripture um, clearly, you know, puts it out that pastors, Generally, church leaders are shepherds and they're meant to feed the flock. Now, there's this um, meal that they call shepherd's pie. Um, you know, outside, like in the Western world, and I do believe it has to do with using sheep as like what we call like meat pie or something. But um, I feel it just gave the the biggest expression for what I wanted to discuss, you know, um, what you're meant to take care of, you now use it to feed yourself, and something like that, but yeah, I might have gotten it wrong, but it's all good. So, um, today we're going to talk about forgiving church leaders. Now, this is a very, very personal um, 
discussion, right? Because I've, you know, I've had communications with, I've had, I've communicated with a lot of people, you know, that have had some sort of, um, some sort of rift with the church, whether it's the leaders or the organization. And, um, not 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 from the point of maybe they were being rebuked for something that they did wrong, but then really comes from the point of maybe betrayal or um, abused trust, you know, where um, confidence was placed in someone over a certain information, you know, and somehow their trust was betrayed, um, or how. You know, people had been um, typically abandoned, maybe in their greatest time of need, you know, or maybe a crisis happens and then they separate them and then they allow them to feel um, or to, to go through that pain alone. Or maybe in a moment of crisis, the church and the leaders disassociate themselves from the person and the person is like, but you promised to always be there. So I think the the best way for me to start, and I really feel that this is the best way for me to start, is to start with an apology. And this is me apologizing on behalf of church leaders. I may not be one, but um, I, I still feel the need to do so. Uh, apologizing on behalf of church leaders and the church in general. Um, especially if you're a listener of dear Tyler I sincerely apologize for any hurt any betrayal that we might have um, acted on you know or that we might have done at any point in time I sincerely apologize uh only God knows what you must have gone through because of our actions. Only God knows what you must have gone through because of our actions. And I think, you know, one of the things that hurts the most is, I remember while studying the scripture, um, the Spirit of God brought something to my attention and he said, um, you know where Jesus said, if you have seen you've seen the Father when he was talking to his disciples, right? That should be in John 14. Right where um, I think it was Philip that said show us the father and it will suffice and he said that whoever has seen me has seen the father and um, Jesus what, what the spirit of God ministered to me at that time was like Jesus was saying that my life and my walk with you throughout this period is the clearest expression of the father of God I represented in fullness the character and the nature of God. I represented it in fullness, the character and the nature of God. Now, what the Spirit of God also laid in my heart was that we as believers are the express image of the Father. And everything that we do, the words that we say, um, the places that we go, um, you know, generally our activities, right, and our day-to-day living gives the rest of the world the impression of God. 
and you know a lot of people say yes no god for yourself no god for yourself but we were meant to be the light that points people to god right our lives were meant to make it easier for people to understand who god is and so we must take responsibility and be like we must have given a wrong impression about the father to a whole lot of people because especially for those that maybe had to leave the church circle then you know that the offense that was caused didn't just damage their trust but it damaged their faith and i think that that's one of the most dangerous things that could happen to anyone we live with people with day to day offenses like we've said throughout the month but whatever would make you leave the fold or stay away from brethren it's absolutely dangerous and especially if it was caused by the brethren themselves now another thing that i've noticed is that because when we're part of the fold um and because you know god is you know really doing his work building people and creating large communities of believers when one goes we tend to console ourselves with the 99 that are remaining but then the picture of god is like as long as there is one more person that needs to be saved that would be my priority i would go after that person i won't just be like ah it's just one i still have like 99 others and all um you know when elijah was thinking like he was the only one going through certain things where he had to fight and you know stand up for god in a certain time god brought his attention to something it was like you may feel like you're the only one but there are a whole lot of other people just like you who have kept themselves clean and not decided to um bow to bow right i have a whole lot of people that my heart reaches out to right so don't feel like you're the only one that you're going through um certain things you are a priority to me but i also want you to understand that you're not alone and just like i cater for you i'm catering for thousands of other people right i'm catering for thousands and thousands of other people so in as much as you know god is so excited about you know having so many people around the the one is important to him the one is important to him and um we we're meant to really reflect that nature of god jonathan so there are a whole lot of people that god is reaching out to and that should also be our heart um our heart's passion our pursuit that when one person leaves the fold it should matter to us it should matter to us like the like the 
you know, the whole fold or the whole house is, is crumbling. It should matter to us. Jesus made a statement that he came to seek and to save the lost. God is not just like, ah, no, I have a thousand more people here and there. No. Um, he is so concerned about the one. Elijah didn't know that there were other people, right? But God was so much aware of it and he might have been at a distance from the other people that could have been some form of encouragement to him. But then God was still reaching out to him as an individual wherever he was. And that's what we should do, right? Once a person leaves, this whole comfort around the crowd and having people around us, um, when one person goes, it should matter to us. It should matter to us. Um, Jesus speaking, saying that if, you know, a shepherd and his you know flock he finds out that one is missing he just you know he locks the gate for the 99 sheep and he goes out searching for that one goes out searching for that one whether the sheep jumped the fence whether he was stolen so that means whether he was the one that caused the issue or he's a victim of circumstance or probably along the way he got lost you know while they were herding you know um, and then God lost the something. The priority for God is not what you necessarily did, but come back first. We'll fix you up later. And like I said, we as a body of believers, a lot of times we've really let people go easily. We really let people go. And you know, these are some of the reasons as to why I'm apologizing because that's not what we're meant to do. Throughout the series, I've been sharing and I've been saying that part of the tenets of our faith is forgiveness. Um, and we should be able to reach out to people that have been broken and probably lost faith and trust in the body of Christ generally or even faith in God. Now, um, that in itself is hard, but I think part of the the hard things one of the harder things is being in the fold and living in offense being in the fold and living in offense I think this podcast this particular episode is for this category of people those that are probably you know no longer part of the fold you know um, our hearts still would reach out and we really hope that you do forgive and you give us another chance right uh Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do you understand? Give us another chance. As we reach out to you, don't hold the offense against us, right? We're growing, we're learning. Remember, we are as deserving of forgiveness as anybody is. Now, for those that are within a church setting and somehow have built up an offense over church leadership, now, in I think it's very peculiar. These things do not just, um, I don't think they just happen. Most of the times, they, they are an attack, right? They are an attack on um, the church itself, especially in systems that are growing and creating a lot of impact. The enemy tries to put in all of those weeds, you know, to choke, all those stones to choke the growth of believers choke the growth of people 
um, I think one of the important things to note is how we've elevated men, right? Men in general, leaders, male, female. How we've generated, um, how we've elevated <laughs> men, forgive me. How we've elevated men. Sometimes the wonders of the exploits of God through men makes us put them on a pedestal that is no longer human. And once we begin to do that, we have removed the human factor from them and we we, we tend to create a higher, um, like the higher standard of living for them. Now, one of the one of the things I've learned over time, especially with my relationship with people, um, let me let me just share. Back then, I was in a relationship with someone, and we, it was it was filled with a whole lot of rifts and offense and all. And I remember I told her something one time. I looked at her, I said, Do you know, don't think I'm cut from a different cloth from you. If you cut me, right, and somebody else, if they cut me and they cut you, our blood is both red. Our blood is both red. I do not have a higher resistance to bleeding. My blood color is not different. We are the same. Yes, you may have expectations of me and you desire that I meet them. But remember that when you cut me, it's going to be the same color of blood that comes out. And this was in an attempt to let the person know that there is a human factor in me at all times. There may be days that I'm just that superhero, that Prince Charming and that excellent person. I am almost infallible. And then the next second, I can actually show the flaws in my life. You know, it happens a lot of times in relationships with people. You know, usually when um, you start approaching people, you want to get to know the person, you don't, you, you tend to neglect the human factor. You're just wowed okay, by the beauty or the elegance of what they do. Probably their dressing, their dress sense, their fashion is really amazing or probably the way they speak their diction the way they pronounce words you know their command of english their stage presence you know just their general aura can be extremely extremely captivating and usually because of the charisma around them we get so engulfed in them and the moment they exhibit the human tendency it becomes highly irritable because your standard the standard that we placed for them is was um it, it clearly neglected the fact that they are human and i think that that's what really gets us in trouble i have experienced hurt from the church and um Sadly, I've also been part of the people that have caused hurt to people. Now, I, in my, in my causing hurt to people, it was never intentional, right? It was not a deliberate action. Um, it was not a deliberate action at all. Um, 
I could have had even more self-control. I could have watched my words better. I could have had, you know, more perseverance, more patience. I could have, you know, really listened more. I could have been more proactive. But then my human side really got the best of me. And it led me into doing certain things that were just absolutely wrong. And in those moments, I really reached out to the people and I said, I'm sorry, because from the depth of my heart, I was. And I wanted them to understand that I am human. Like, um, I didn't wake up that morning saying that, oh, I'm going to offend you. I somehow did it and I have to grow up. I take responsibility that my actions were wrong, right? But then they were not deliberate in any way. And because I was very aware of the fact that I've offended people before, I, it, it had to open me up. God had to open me up to understanding that the same way, right, Binga, that you've offended people and sought for mercy. The same way people offend you and they deserve mercy. Even my servants, even the people that I have called to lead you, they would deserve your mercy they would deserve your mercy i can imagine paul having that conversation with barnabas over john mark saying john mark you know um i think he fled at a specific time you know and he was you know very upset with john mark and i'm sure john mark you know really felt like really bad like um paul you have grown to a certain level why didn't he all these kind of things right and then Barnabas decided to, you know, pick up John Mark and then Paul went with Silas. But then in the later part of Paul's life, in one of the letters, he said that bring John Mark to me because he is good for the ministry. I imagine how John Mark would have felt like this man deliberately despised me. Deliberately despised me because of my human frailty. I am not as daring as he is. On some certain front, you know, the his his character, Paul's character, seemed to be very aggressive, aggressive in the sense, aggressive in pursuit. And you know, John Mark would probably be like, I didn't have that kind of energy that Paul had and all. But for him to be able, for Paul to be able to call for John Mark, it means that somehow, somehow there must have been a level of reconciliation that must have happened right um john mark would have had to pardon paul for his actions and then paul himself would have would have had to forgive john mark for those um occurrences in his life at that time very very um i think it's very very instructive now there was a time i think peter did something that was wrong um and, you know, he came, he was eating with the non-Jews. And when the disciples came, Peter now left them and left the uncircumcised people and started eating with the Jews and doing, you know, which was generally wrong. In God, it, it's more of like hypocritical. And Paul, you know, came up and rebuked him and, you know, said all of these things. And if you notice, Peter really didn't say anything. You get but Peter kept on endorsing Paul, you know, saying 
that you no, know, um, you know, he being the head of the church at that time, you know, saying that you no, know, this encounter that Paul had is true. You understand, and you know, even accepting down to the message that Paul preached, really receiving the rebuke, I believe, and well, um, Paul was teaching. Timothy, you know, writing the letters to Timothy, he said something. He said, do not rebuke an elder in public. Now, I think that that's a major thing because Paul must have had a change of heart. And I believe that somehow he might have reached out to Peter, right? And you'll be like, and Peter, sorry I, 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 for bursting out in that kind of manner, right? It's, it was actually uncalled for. Now, these things would happen these things would happen um, when you remember that people are just human I learned something very very um, very very powerful from Apostle Selman though I'm still read it again from Peter Tan it was very powerful about the four living creatures you know being the four dimensions of um, God and his reflection in us um, or rather more of the four dimensions of man right and you know the first is a lion talking about your royalty your kingship the second is the calf talking about servanthood the third is the man talking about your humanity and the third is the fourth is the eagle talking about your divinity and that frailty of man must always be remembered no matter how powerful a person is no matter how um how many exploits an individual has done right when you remember that that individual is still a man and you create that same space for error in their lives as you do for others right then you would really really help yourself to be able to live over offense and so let's say i'm your church leader now and i do something that is wrong do you understand? And I betrayed your trust and, and something. And I sincerely come over and I forgive you. You know, um, I'm deserving of mercy. It may take you some time to trust me. And that should be absolutely understood. Right? But remember, as we said in Forgive and Forget, the goal is not to hold the offense or to hold the deed against the person consistently. It should not be the platform from which you relate with that individual. Right? So... Like I said, that's very, very important. So do that. Uh, remember, people will always be men, right? The best of a man would still be a man. Remember that. Remember that. It's very important. Okay, so now on the flip side, there is something I think that really gets to a whole lot of people. And usually it's in the pursuit of loyalty to church leaders or people of influence. Generally, when if a church leader commits, you know, does something terrible, the effect of the exposure of such a news could be really devastating. It may not just affect just the pedigree of the individual in question, but then it has a way of even crumbling down the, the system, the whole organization, do you understand? So, and you know, because we live in a very, very crazy world, people love to, um, people love to, to, to use such information, you know, to discredit the body. Now, I see how a lot of us go out of our ways, 
out of our way to protect these um, amazing individuals, you know, these leaders, you know. And usually what happens is that especially if it's something that had to do with another individual, right? They tend to protect the leader and then cast the other person. Now, the challenge is that you've given an impression to this other person that their life is not as valuable as the other, or as the leader, which in itself is wrong. Which in itself is very, very wrong. And I know how loyalty kind of like works. And I think that's the challenge of what I perceive as misguided loyalty. Your loyalty is to the body. Your loyalty is to the family. It's like something happened between your father and then one of your siblings. And it's like, ah, if Popsis, you know, they catch him and they cast him, it's going to be bad. And so you now stay on the side of your father. And watch your brother or your sibling go through a whole lot of pain. That in itself is not even helpful. There are ways that we can manage situations within an organization, within the church, that each of these individuals understand that they are being protected. If the leader committed an error, then he should be he or she should be held accountable for it, but it does not have to become news. And then the person that was also affected should be nurtured back to healing. Some of the... Um, biggest challenges may probably be you know abuse you know um maybe church is just having some issues with um you know their members you know on a romantic level or maybe some form of investment you know some form of business or just something within that light or maybe there was an act of deception we as a family should be able to protect the whole family and not make choices on who is worth protecting and who is worth letting go. Sometimes our passion to uphold those leaders makes us complicit to their own action. Now, I believe that every, every church system should have an accountability um, an accountability system attached to it that in as much as a leader may be at the highest pinnacle of leadership there are still people that he or she reports to they may be subordinate but they are there to give checks and balances you know to keep checks and balance and they too are held accountable by other people you know, one of the funniest things um, is the the different grades of punishment. So a member is caught stealing, and then they could be excommunicated. And then a leader is caught stealing, and then they will just receive a rebuke, some discipline, and then they are reinstated. And because we don't want the ministry or the church or the fellowship, you know, to look bad and all... You need to understand that you are causing more wounds. You are causing more wounds to the people that you have hurt. Now, this is, you know, I don't think it's something that we can exhaust in just one episode because it's it, it just it just spans a whole lot. It just spans a whole lot. But we really, really need to grow up to the position where we can protect everyone. Everyone is worth 
protecting. Everyone is worth protecting. Like I said, that the exposure of some people may be a lot more devastating, right? But imagine that one person that leaves with offense begins to sow seeds of discord. I think that's one of the things that really, really hinders us um, as a body. You know, most times when people leave ministries, it's because of either one offense. You know, there wasn't this, um, it wasn't like on a mutual level, like, okay, maybe God is asking you to um, branch out. For for some of them, it was just like, th- this place was really, really um, toxic for me and I had to go. And naturally, whenever you just, um, when that person goes to other places, like I said, they can begin to sow seeds of discord. So you as, you know, the members of an organization, ministry, whatever, you're excited that you've preserved the name of your ministry, but it's only internally. It's only internally. Because trust me, whatever offense that you commit in the life of someone, especially when you hurt them deeply, right? Trust me, it's no longer just between you and that person. A whole lot of other people know. Right? A whole lot of other people know. They're probably just... um, They're probably just more... How do I put it? They've just decided to be a lot more mature about it and not really say much. But to ever think that you are the only person or, you know, you've covered it up completely. um, To ever think that you've covered it up completely, just know that it is absolutely, absolutely um, out of it, right? So we, we, we really need to get to points where we we... We, we offer the same mercy for the leaders to the members. And even as leaders, we do the same thing, that we do not end up having favorites for whatever reason, for whatever reason, for whatever reason. Do not give the people in your custody, the people in your care, don't ever give them the liberty to think that what that um, different people hold different spaces in your life, right? Um... In as much as yes, it's clear that levels of relationship differ. But if, you know, especially when it comes to um, rebuke, it should be clear that there is a standard. It should be clear that there is a standard. So, for the people that have been offended, if we can remember that people are just men, maybe not just men, but people are men. They are also men. When we can remember that, it would really, really, really help us in relating with everyone. You get so that we can create that space for them to make, you know, mistakes, honest mistakes. We can create that space for them to make honest mistakes. And then again, you know, just have a large heart for people. Have a large heart for people. Remember, forgive us as we forgive those who trespassed against us. I don't think I'm in the best of positions to either share or say um, things like, okay, what happens if, um, so what happens next? Should I stay? Should I go? Um, I think the best I can say is that make sure that you've gotten rid of offense first. Make sure you've gotten rid of offense first. You may not be able to relate with them, but then the core value of who they are should be the thing that you always uphold, consistently, consistently uphold. Very, very important. Then, um, 
for us church leaders right we need to really own up and be responsible we need to be accountable we need to let these people know that we truly truly love them and they're not just systems of advantage for us to be able to make what god has called us to do prosper no that we really really do sincerely care for them that if they move out of the fold that we pursue them if they make an error that we rebuke them in love and that we ourselves are also held accountable it should not be hard for us to say that I am sorry and I apologize. What I have done is wrong. It should not be hard for us. It's very, very important. Let us not be the ones that are feeding off of the inheritance or feeding off of the assignment that God has given us. No. The Bible says that a worker is worthy of his wages. The person that employed you would pay you. You should not pick out of the things that you were called to cater to feed on. It's absolutely wrong. It's absolutely wrong. So, yeah, this is a very deep topic and I'm sure we'd have um, a larger discussion with some other people, some other um, speakers. I think we'd have a real, like, larger discussion. It would really, really help. It would be the best. Um, let's hear it from different perspectives and maybe even get people's stories. Um, people's stories. I, I really, I really do think... It would help. I really, really do think it would help, right? So uh, we're, we're done with our forgiveness series. It's been awesome. Like I said, we're still revisited. And you could, you know, always go back um, through the topics, you know, that we've shared. I think they would really help. Um, on Thursday, we're going to start a new, a new theme, right? And it's going to be a theme on prayer. And it's really, really going to be fun like as usual right so please remember to share this podcast with everyone that you know let everybody know what's happening um and the things that we get to discuss you know share this knowledge with other people right so this is me signing out tyler remember that i love you i believe in you and i am always rooting for you have an awesome day bye